Amen. All right. Hope everyone's doing well. I've been uh, keeping, keep trying to keep up a little bit with the news, but I've almost decided I think I'm just about to give it up. If if I could find a, which I do, I think I'm I'm switching all my news to pretty much KMVT, and I'm going to keep it there. <laughs> I want to find out what's happening here because uh, we live in a crazy world. Um, you know what's funny is I, talking talking to a few people and talking to a couple young people, and they were talking about their anxiety. And all of their anxiety had to do with things that never touched them where they lived. It was all some other town, some other place, some other country, some other world. And uh, why get anxious? I mean, not that other people aren't going through bad things. Trust me, and that we should be praying for them. But why would I spend my anxiety on something that I can do nothing about except pray? Amen? Is everybody hear what I'm saying? Uh, there's plenty enough around us. I think sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof is probably also fairly applicable to locations just as much as it is time periods. There's plenty enough around here to worry about. Not that we should be isolationists, don't hear me wrong, but, um, and that we should be involved. Every, I, it's another of those things. You're going to hear me again. Everybody's worried about presidential po- politics and what's Biden doing. You just need to get involved here in what Mayor Davis is doing and what we're doing here in our town. Be worried about those things. As a matter of fact, uh, two things. I forgot to, I got to mention this. The mayor has called. Uh, I cannot be. I've already got an event planned this Saturday. Uh, but the, uh, this, the people here know Carl Nellis? Does anybody here know Carl Nellis? Okay. So uh, he's, he passed away. Um, they have established an annual community service event that they're holding this Saturday. I just found out about it. Uh, he called and asked if I could help maybe watch a group. Um, I just cannot do it this time. Uh, but they're doing a, a 9 to 12. They're holding a community service event down here. It's, I think it's is it called Water Tank Park. Is that what they call it? Water Tank Park? Right down here off of like, uh, it's like A or B or C, somewhere down in there. What's that? Fillmore. Yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, Fillmore and like B or C right in there. Huh? Okay, I thought you said D and A. I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, but if you'd like to be involved in that, they're just trying to go around and helping some of the people who either are unable or unwilling uh, to do just some basic cleanup in the area, 9 to 12. And they, they've got a, there's a website, I think, on it. So if you'd like to get involved in that. But also another thing I'd like you to help me pray with about is we got contacted by the middle school about an opportunity to maybe have... Um, some guys who would just be mentors. They're calling it dudes at school. I'm not going to try to remember what the D-U-D-E-S is, but uh, they're basically looking for men to just be there and greet the students as they're walking in the morning and uh, maybe spend some time sitting around just chatting with them, learning who they are at lunch. Uh, and they're just looking for, what, I don't know if you know it, but our people are finally figuring out that male presence is a good thing for younger males. Uh, and it is, uh, and that's a across-the-board biological thing. Younger males are automatically held in check by the presence of an older male. Um, so the more presence of older males, it just helps kind of keep things a little calmer. And uh, uh, if you ever want a good, 
a good sidelight story on that. You'll have to go look at the, the national parks in Africa where they tried to move a bunch of young elephants and it was a disaster. And they had to bring in some older elephants. <laughs> it was interesting. But the young elephants were basically turning into a murder, a, literally a murder mob, running around killing all the other animals. And they brought in, I think, one or two like dominant male elephants, well, just big old male elephants, and it all quit like within a matter of days. It's kind of interesting. But anyways, and I, it seems like an opportunity for us to be involved, have influence a good way, um, and just maybe, maybe the crack of a door open to be invited into a school, so, uh, and that would be a good thing. So let's, if you would just consider that with me as we talk about that. Uh, if, you're, if you're somewhat interested, of course, you know, you've got to go through all the background checks and all that, which would be appropriate uh, in these, these times. Uh, so uh, if you're interested, please come and see me. Uh, it's something I'm considering myself very much. So. And it's, there's no set times. Like if you can only come two days a week, great. You only come one time a week, great. That's also a blessing. So anyways, tithing. Is everybody ready? I know some of you know this stuff, but it's going to be a it's still good for us to go back and rerun those pathways in our mind, help us remember why we're doing what we're doing so it's not just a uh, habit and we don't get... It's easy sometimes to get burnt on giving, feel at least emotionally. Um, and by the way, there's a tithe. The tithe is different than offerings. Offerings are something that is done free will. A tithe is something that should be done free will, but it's... Uh, let's see, what belongs to God? All of it. So when we give back to God, we're only giving him back, honestly, some of what's already his. Uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. So we were looking at stewardship. We looked at all the different various things about stewardship and our time and our talents and all those things. So the now is our treasure, our treasure. So the first thing is to know is, is that tithing is a set amount, right? Tithing, that very word tithe means a tenth. The word tithe means a tenth, which, by the way, I am a huge proponent of a flat tax. I, I would love it if, they, if the government would ever figure that out. We'd have more than enough money to do almost everything we need, and that's been proven again and again and again. The reason it's kept on this system right now is because the politicians are benefiting from it in various realms. But anyways, a tithe is a tenth, okay? A tenth, and it doesn't matter... How much you make or how little you make, it's a tenth. So we'll look at it here. So turn, look at Hebrews 7.4, okay? So turn to Hebrews 7.4, and then also we're going to go to Genesis 14. I didn't even put a ribbon in my Bible on this one because we're going to be going through lots of Scripture. So Hebrews chapter 4, and then also go back to Genesis 14. I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 7. It's 7, verse 4, not, not 4. Hebrews chapter 7. If you look, at, look at what we're in uh, chapter 7. It says, talks, it's talking about Melchizedek, okay, the king of Salem there, verse 1. And it's mentioning Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings. Okay, so that's, that's where Abraham took, he took uh, some different groups. They went down, some, some stuff had been stolen from Abraham. They recovered it and recovered more. Than what they came back, or than they went for. Verse 2 To whom also Abraham gave a tenth, okay, a tenth part of all, 
first being by interpretation the king of righteousness. So Abraham gave Melchizedek, as a representative of the Most High God, a tenth. Okay, so that's what Hebrews says. Now, go back to Genesis 14, and this is the story we have uh, in Genesis 14. So Genesis 14, if you notice down here, verse 17 and 18 is where they're, uh, they're kind of finishing up the battle. They're, they're done. Verse 18, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he, Abraham, gave him, Melchizedek, tithes of all. Just so if there's any question about what the Bible thinks about what a tithe is, okay, Genesis calls it a tithe, Hebrews calls it a... Somebody got it. Remember what did Hebrews call it? A tenth. That's right. It's, you gotta say it out loud or I'm gonna have to slow down. So I think I'm in the four-year-old class, which I know I'm not, so everybody talk back to me, okay? So a tenth. So a tithe is a tenth. A tenth is a tithe. Is there any trouble figuring out what a tenth is? Okay, if I have ten apples, what is a tenth? One apple. Okay, a tenth, a tithe is a tenth. So so just so we start this whole thing. The church does not have a, you make more money, so you've got a larger percentage to give, or you make fewer money, so you've got a lesser percentage to give. No, the, the church does not set that amount. God has already set that amount, that every person is to give a tenth, okay? A tenth, okay? Now, a tenth of what? Now, this is kind of an interesting one. So uh, turn to Deuteronomy 26.2, and I'll, if, if you want to write this one down, I'll I'll read this one for you, Proverbs chapter 3. A tenth of what? Because how many of you remember getting your first paycheck? You know, where you, get, you actually have the pay stub, and you, like, you know how much you got paid, and you know how much they hired you for an hour, you know, and then you get your paycheck, and you're like, wait, that should be way more than that. And then your parents are laughing at you and saying, yeah, you see that thing that says sock sack, and the thing that says FICA? <laughs> FICA? What's FICA? You mean that F-I-C-A thing? Yeah. You see all that? Yeah, that's taxes. Welcome to being an adult. I'm like, oh, what? Can I get out of that? Nope. Everybody's got to do it. You know, I'm, I remember my first few paychecks. It was funny. And then watching my kids go through the same thing. Autumn, mouth falling open. This is robbery. <laughs> no, it's not. Just calm down. But anyways, so, and you remember... That we learned in, in that we got that first paycheck, we learned that there were two different parts of a paycheck. There's the gross and the, the net, okay? So when we're tithing, what do we tithe off of? The gross or the net, okay? And it's funny how lots of people get various versions of that. But if you go to Deuteronomy 26.2, okay? Deuteronomy 26.2, that, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, thou shalt bring of thy land, that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and thou shalt put it in a basket, and shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. You notice as thou shalt take of the first of all thy fruit. Okay? Nothing taken out. <laughs> Nothing taken out. Okay? If we go to, I'll read you Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So tithe 
is not off the net, it is off the gross. As much as we don't like to admit it, we are profiting from the takeout. We don't like to admit it, but there's reason that, uh, matter of fact, some of you get more than that back in taxes, <laughs> in your tax return. I know because I used to be there. Uh, you pay in so much, and I remember the one year we paid in 5000 I think, and we got like 7500 back. You know, like, that's crazy. Why? Because we had kids, and they had $1,500 per kid credit, and all our kids were under that age, and man, it was great. Plus, we had the Plus, we had all the, the write-offs and all that stuff. It was crazy. I remember having a conversation with a guy saying, I'm saying, this is not right. This, everybody should pay in. It should just be in. And he's like, well, send it back. I said, well, I ain't going that far. Not yet. <laughs> if the government wants to make some changes, I'm all for it. But I'm not going to give it back and help you know, pay a few things. But, but you know, I, it's interesting. Well, I, I don't want to go down that route. The tithe is off the gross. Okay? Besides that, uh, we benefit from the... I know there's argument about how much we benefit, but there are still many things out there that we benefit from because of... I'll just stop right here and say, number one, military. We benefit from our taxes that go to make sure that military is in place so that we can have people up there who at least, we hope, are attempting to constantly watch the borders and the possible threats and prepare for those things. Right? Okay? So those taxes do go to benefit you. You just don't see it directly because you can't buy milk with it. Instead, it might be buying bullets or make, paying, a, paying a, a quartermaster's paycheck or uh, maybe it's helping build a new sub or maybe it's possibly helping build a new navy. Okay, So, I mean, there, there are some things we have to pay attention uh, that there is some beneficence to that. We, you get to go to national parks because of some of that. So, I mean, start thinking, and, you know, you get to walk on trails in those national parks because of some of that stuff. So, so before you start whining too much about taxes, just remember where all that stuff is going. But you do benefit from that. Whether you take advantage of those benefits is up to you, but that's all yours. So anyways, it's to be taken from the first fruits. A tithe is a tenth off the gross that you make and not the net. So it's not here in, in, our, in my passage, but there are some things I want to cover because there's questions I get all the time about this, especially as pastor, when somebody liquidates an asset, okay? So you have a house that's worth so much, and you liquidate that house, and it turns into cash. That is not profit. You liquidated an asset, okay? Your net worth did not change. You hear what I'm saying? Your net worth did not change. Uh, now, if you feel convicted about that, and you feel like, oh boy, I, I really feel convicted, I'm going to tell you that's between you and the Lord. I'm not getting in the middle of that. Okay? Because there's been times we've done, my wife and I have done a few things, but technically we may not have had to tithe, but we just felt like, man, we really should on this one. Um, now, like, for instance, what if you bought the house for 40000 kept it for two years, and sold it for 80000 Well, now you could consider that there's a $40,000 increase on that. So you hear what I'm saying? There could be some of that. But if you want to get really involved, take off for inflation. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things there that sometimes you just have to go to the Lord and make sure that, you are, that you're, you're just being conscious that you're doing right by the Lord. And also remember that the Lord is a gracious God. Uh, and if you don't know what to do, just do your best and let God 
convict you about if you're not doing it right. I mean, it's not like he's up there with a hammer going, they didn't send me a two pennies, two pennies short, okay? Now be careful, God is not like that, okay? But if you're consistently robbing God now, there is a deal here, okay? There's, there is a deal. So I, my wife and I have always, we've always done the roundup figure. If it's, if the, you know, if your paycheck is like, just like $499, we're just going to tithe 50 bucks, <laughs> okay? Because it's, it, it has to, we're just do the roundup. We'll just make sure everything's okay. We're all all right. Um, matter of fact, I've, I ask my tax man every year uh, how much of my tax return was actually profit. Like, like I didn't pay in. What, what of this was my profit so I can, because I'm going to tithe off that. Again, because they, they give us $1,500 per kid. I'm like, okay, I think it's stupid, but I'll take it, and I'm going to tie it to the church. Um, if you get an inheritance, uh, yes, there should be a tithe off that. If, it was, that's not a, if, it was, if it's something that profits you, okay, let's just look at it. If it, increase, it if increases your net worth, something to consider. Um, I, some, I've looked at my investments. If my, now, right now, if there's a way to negative tithe, I could, that'd be great. <laughs> You know, investments aren't going anywhere. But if investments produce a, a good, a good uh, income, there's, uh, there should be some tithing for that. Now, again, not till it profits you. So for those of you who are setting aside retirement, when does it profit you? When you start taking it out. Now, if you want to pre-tithe, great, good for you. Uh, if you can afford to do that, that's great. But it's when it begins to profit you. Um, so, so some of those things. And there's, there's lots of little pieces back and forth in there. Now, I will say this, there's absolutely nothing wrong. Matter of fact, we a lot of our church has massively benefited from our from members here of the church who in their passing have bequeathed to the church part of their estate. Our church has greatly benefited. Matter of fact, the, the foyer is going to be completed completely with money that this church did not have to raise but was left to us or gifted to us as a result of people passing and leaving the church an inheritance. I do think that that is a, a, wise, a wise use of an inheritance if there's something there. And we are, we are blessed by those that have done that. So there's, there's some blessings. So for those of you who are even better uh, with your finances, there's lots of other options. But, and there's lots of little tidbits in there. So here, here's what I'm going to tell you. When it comes to tithe, look at it. If all you're doing is liquidating something that you've already got, and the car would, like selling a car, you had the car, it's worth $6,000, and you sold it for $6,000, that's not profit. You turned, a solid, you, turned a, you turned an asset into liquid money. It cost $6,000, you still have $6,000. There's no, there's no profit there per se. Now, if you're, again, if you're convicted about that, you need to follow your conviction. Uh, way more important, because you need to be right with God and know you're right with God. Okay, So that's between you and the Lord. I'm just giving you my advice uh, on that matter. All right. So, now, what about the tithe? I know a lot of people say, well, it's a law. The tithing is a law. No, actually, the tithing is not. The tithing has come in, as we just read, all the way back in Genesis, which I don't mind to tell you all, Abraham is before the law. Abraham tithed before the law. Now, the law included tithe, but that's because it was already in place. And we're going to look at it. We're going to walk through this process, see a whole bunch of little pieces here. So, Tithing is a scriptural principle, okay? It's a scriptural principle. It came in before Jewish law, okay, before there was even the Jews, okay? You all understand that? 
The Jews are the sons of Jacob. Okay? The sons of Abraham also include, guess who? The Arabs. <laughs> okay? So it's, uh, the, Abraham is not the Jews. Abraham is before the law. Okay? So Abraham commenced it. We looked at that in Genesis 14, where Melchizedek shows up after, after Abraham has greatly uh, enriched himself after a battle. And Abraham gave Melchizedek, as a priest of God, he gave him a, a tithes of all. And we read again over there in Hebrews chapter 7, the representative that he gave him a tenth, Abraham gave a tenth of all that he'd brought in. So how did, just think about that, how did Abraham even know how to tithe? Because where, where did that come from? Well, I might take you back, we could go all the way back to the, the very uh, earliest people on the earth. And we'd say, how did Abel know to bring the first fruits of his prophet to the Lord? Okay? Must be something that maybe the Lord and Adam talked about a little bit somehow. Or maybe Adam put it in place. But it sure sounds like something that maybe... You remember when uh, Adam and Eve were driven out of the garden? And an altar was placed at the east of Eden, okay? And so where, where do they bring their gifts to the Lord? The last place they knew the Lord existed, and they, the physical presence of the Lord was in that garden. It still existed up, as far as we know, up until the flood. So the Garden of Eden was there. There was an altar at the east side, a flaming sword with cherubim there, far as we, far as we know, all the way up until Noah and the ark. We don't know any different. So the followers of God knew to bring their offering to the to the altar at the east of Eden. And this is one of the things that Abel did. And so we had much verbal passing down. So maybe Abraham knew because Abel knew. Well, how did Abel know? Well, I don't know. He's two generations, second generation from, from God himself. So it can't, must be something passed down the line there. So Abraham commenced it. As far as we know, understanding the actual idea of a tithe is Abraham commenced it. Okay. Now turn to Genesis chapter 28. Isn't it crazy to think about, we're not, we're not preaching on that, but we're not told that, the, that Eden was taken or that the sword was removed or that the cherub was removed, and that was probably there till Noah. In other words, the, the physical representation of God was there at the east side of Eden, and this place was, they were not allowed to could be there. That's just crazy. Uh, and they went and left the Lord anyway. So uh, Genesis chapter 28 we're going to see that Abraham commenced it. Jacob continued it. Jacob continued it. So Genesis chapter 28, look down here in verse 20. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If thou God will keep me, or if, thou, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So what do we have? We have Abraham essentially starting it. Now we've got Jacob continuing. He's continuing this idea of returning a tenth to the Lord. Now, let's go into the law. This is, this is pre-law, so now let's go to Leviticus and go into the law. Okay? Chapter 27. Leviticus and chapter 27. 
Okay, go down to verse 30 if you're in Leviticus 27. Moses writes here, Leviticus 27 and verse 30, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. All the things that they're profiting, which they agricultural society, they profited in agricultural products. And they, they brought that tithe agriculturally to the Lord. If you remember me talking about uh, one of my missions trips to Mexico, having the, them having the little well up on the left side of their altar, that all the farmers uh, traded all of their, all of their uh, goods that they profited from into corn, and then they brought that corn into the church, and then when the well got full, all the kids of the church bagged up the corn, went down to the market and sold it, and that's the money they used to help do building projects uh, on, the, on the building and help pay the pastor and things like that. Uh, so agricultural society still has profit. Amen. Okay. So Jake, Abraham commenced it. Jacob continued it. Moses confirms it here in, in the uh, commandments, in the, in the law. Okay. And of course, this actually makes it a legal obligation for Israel. Okay. Not for us, but for Israel, it was a legal obligation Abraham did it, Jacob continued it, Moses confirms it in the law, and then let's now go to Malachi. So you're going to the very last book of the Old Testament. So if you find Matthew, just put it in reverse for one book. Malachi. Some of you already know this verse. Malachi chapter 3. This is where Malachi, God by Malachi teaches us how serious the tithe is in regards to people. So Malachi chapter 3, uh, go down to verse 7. We'll start in verse 7. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye said, Wherein shall we return? And this is, what, this, is what he, this is how Malachi puts it. Will a man rob God? Well, how God puts it, I guess, by the voice of Malachi. Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes, now notice, and offerings. We haven't even touched that. We're not going to look at that. It means that there's tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, again, so let's remember, number one, that is a, a promise to Israel, okay? That there does, it does have application to us, but the interpretation is Israel, not the church. But God puts it pretty clearly that to fail to give a tithe is to rob God. You're stealing from God. That's an amazing thing. So Malachi tells us, this is pretty serious stuff that it, you would steal from God. Now, Tithing is mentioned, and there's a in this in this particular passage we kind of get a we kind of get the the two sided negativity for failing to tithe. I remember one time my dad talking about they were just learning to tithe and were trying to be faithful on it, and uh, this was my dad's memory is they they had to choose between tithe and I think there was a something else, and he he used the money for the something else, and the very next week his car was in the shop. <laughs> and it was for the exact amount that his tithe should have been, the cost to get the car out. And that was one of the things for him was like, 
Okay, so maybe tithe is the first thing I should be working on. Now, God doesn't always work that way, but here's the deal. The, there's twofold blessings to the giving because people automatically say, and sometimes it's true, that they feel like I cannot afford to tithe. I cannot afford to tithe, which is saying that you can't trust God with your finances. Okay, that's what you're saying. I can't afford to tithe is saying that God is not going to be trustworthy with my money. I'm better at it than he is. I don't know how else to say it, but that's what it is, okay? God says there's two ways that I will help you. Number one, in this passage, he says, uh, the, the windows of heaven will be open. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. So there's blessing beyond what we earn, okay? So God, now I'll just tell you this. There are blessings that are not financial, aren't there? Um uh, <laughs> Watching your daughter marry a good fella, whew, that's kind of hard. To, that's kind of hard to figure out what the trade-off is there. Was that worth it? I think it's absolutely worth it. Okay, the windows of heaven will be will be open. But then also, the, he he includes what would be a negative side is that the devourer will be rebuked. Okay, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. Maybe your car will last longer than it should. Maybe your clothes will last longer than they should. Maybe. Uh, your food suddenly lasts longer than it should. Now, how in the world? You know what I'm saying? There's some stuff that, like the milk, just doesn't go bad for a little longer. The bread doesn't go bad for a little longer. For some reason, you end up with more leftovers than normal. I mean, there's so many ways to look at this. The devourer will be rebuked. Something doesn't break when it would for everyone else. Okay? Some, something doesn't go down when it does for everyone else. So there's, there's a, God will pour you out blessings above and beyond, or he'll rebuke the devourer. Uh, and praise the Lord. Uh, that doesn't always mean bills. Sometimes that just means, uh, sometimes it is quite literally bills. But, you know, something just lasts longer than it's supposed to, or whatever. So, so Abraham commenced it. Jacob continued it. Moses confirmed it. Malachi essentially commanded it. And then let's just move one book forward. Go to Matthew. Because now we want to see what Jesus has to say about it. Matthew chapter 23. And we just, we're going to be looking at this passage, and somehow we, we also did just look at this not too long ago. Matthew in chapter 23, Jesus is really going after the Pharisees here. I mean, just really ripping on them, okay? And he gets down to verse 23. So chapter 23, verse 23, and he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye pay tithe of mint and anise, and cumin, those would be things that uh, were trade goods of their day, how they, got, how they obtained money, and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Listen to what he says. These ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. You see what he's saying? He said, you, you, you should also be taking care of law and judgment and mercy, as well as continuing your tithe. So we have Jesus basically affirming that you should still be giving tithe. You know, don't leave, don't leave your tithe undone, your tithe of mint and anise and cumin. You still need a tithe on that, but you also need to make it more real and let's get it down in the brass tacks where judgment, mercy, and, and what is it, judgment, mercy, and law. You need to get those things more seriously. So Jesus essentially commends the continuation of the tithe, and that's New Testament. Somebody say, well, this is still before he died on the cross, it's... So it could be considered Old Testament. Okay, I, I understand. Okay, but let's go to 1 Corinthians. So let's just look at a little something here in 1 Corinthians. 
Another passage that we've looked at, probably, I don't know, 2018, maybe, maybe 19, maybe earlier. That's 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians in chapter 9 is where we're going. First Corinthians in chapter 9, look at verse 13 and 14. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar? What is, that? What is he saying? Hey, remember, the Jews brought their, they brought their first fruits to the altar. That was their storehouse. And the priests were taken care of, their, their physical needs, their, their uh, you know, the food and the necessities they had were taken care of out of that storehouse there at the temple. And look at what he says in verse 14. Even so, or just in the same way, hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. Okay? So in other words, modern day gospel preachers, like myself, we're supposed to also receive our funds the same way. Well, how's that coming in? Sounds like maybe tithe. <laughs> People are, and listen, I, I know there's some arguments. Some of you have heard of storehouse, tithe, storehouse tithing. I like the idea, I like the principle, I know there are some arguments against it, but I think a passage like that tends to teach us that some of those Old Testament uh, practices are things that Jesus is saying, those are good practices that need to be used in the New Testament church, and here's one of them, is that, uh, you know, not every church can afford that also, uh, but there you go, that they, they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. So they've got to be getting it from somewhere, and it sounds like tithe, okay? Now... Paul, there's a passage that in 1 Corinthians 16 we could use that some preachers have used about uh, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. I don't believe that's tithe, but it does give us the idea that they were used to giving on the first day of the week. Okay, um, I, that, I believe that's a missions thing. That's not a tithe thing. Uh, maybe possible. I, we can talk about that maybe some other time. But I do want to take you to Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7, because now we're going to move into, essentially would be our present time. So Matthew is Jesus preaching, right, uh, while he was here on the planet. Where is Jesus now? Yeah, he's the right hand of the Father. He's in heaven. So uh, Hebrews chapter 7, okay. So we have here, if you'll notice, again, we've got this comparison of Melchizedek, Abraham giving to Melchizedek, and it begins to describe Melchizedek in chapter 3 as without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Okay. Now we're not here to talk about who Melchizedek was. Now verse 4 says, Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of spoils, and verily... They that are of the sons of Levi who receive the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brothers, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. Again, talking about Melchizedek. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here, men that die receive tithes, but there, where? Someplace not, on, not where men die. So where don't men die? That's heaven, okay? Here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them 
of whom it is witness that he liveth. Well, who do you suppose that is that's receiving those tithes? Who is Melchizedek a type of? Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is there where men don't die receiving tithes. Now, who do you reckon he's getting those tithes from? Because Jesus' location hasn't changed from Hebrews to now. (laughs) And the relationship between us hasn't changed from then till now. So he's in heaven and he's receiving tithes. Huh. I wonder who he's receiving those tithes from. Sounds like tithes are something that God still expects is in place and, and should be a continuation today. So tithing. Now again... There is some connection here between the storehouse tithing of, and that's what it's called, storehouse tithing in the Old Testament. And the idea being, if we look back to Acts chapter 4, if you remember Acts chapter 4, where they would, uh, like Barnabas, would sell a piece of property and they'd bring, they would bring some profit uh, to the apostles' feet. Okay? Some, brought all their, some brought all of that. I, I'm, maybe not everyone. And this, not, this is not a... Um, a promotion for communism. Okay, so people try to run here and, and use this for that. Uh, the book of Acts is a what they did in their time, in their culture, under the very horrible tensions and problems that they had back then. The thing that we take from that is we should be uh, taking care of each other. Amen. As believers, we should be taking care of each other. If there's someone in our church who has a need, then we need to know that need. If, they, if we don't know the need, we can't help. But if we know the need then other believers should be able to gather together and supply so that one of our own brethren is not... Man, that's all the way back into Jewish tradition. They talk about slavery. You understand, slavery under the Jewish realm was not something you got sold into. You put yourself into it, and you were released. Why did you put yourself into it? Because you were financially strapped, and you put yourself into slavery so you could work for a man so you could no longer be financially strapped. Make money for a while, pay some things off, and then get out of it and go back to your own plan. So the idea of taking care of each other as brothers and sisters is a, is a very good thing. Okay, now, so Soros tithing, there's a lot of preachers that use that idea. But I will tell you this, there's a lot of people who use the idea of tithing to, to try to convince you to support their ministry. Like, oh, I don't know, things like, Listen, I know Billy Graham did a lot of great things, but oh, let's just use Jim Baker. Let's just use that one. That's a good one. Jim Baker. I'll send in your money today. Or was it, uh, was it Copeland that would, no, who was it? Oh, Ernest Ainsley would sell you the little handkerchiefs that he'd blessed. You know, send in 20 bucks, we'll send you a handkerchief, and that'll be your tithe. Because, you know, the Bible commands the tithe, so you send your tithe out to us. And I don't know if you remember, but after the swaggered mess up and then the... the uh, Jimmy Baker mess up and all these money, this money going out. I remember Peter Jennings getting on the news one night and saying, we, we've done a study and we believe that if, if you want to give uh, to a ministry, you need to give to the local church where you attend. And every pastor went, duh! That's what the Bible teaches! But I'm telling you, there are people out there who, who are trying to talk you into saying, if you, you can give your tithe by... I tell you, if I knew some, if I knew somebody was giving me money, thinking that they were tithing, by wanting to be a blessing to me, I would say I appreciate that, but your money needs to go to the church. If what you're doing is tithing, if you want to give me an offering, I'll take it. But if you're tithing, that doesn't go to me. That goes, that goes to the church. Bring it to the church. So that's kind of an interesting thought, uh, and I, I we have had to help people with this. 
um, and probably still will until because Jimmy Baker's back on cable news making money again the same way he did last time. So, anyways, now I do want to talk about. Let's just let's just think about this. What what belongs to God? Everything. So I, I want to be clear that when you tithe, that's not giving. I want you to put that in perspective. Tithing is not giving. It already belongs to God. Tithing is not giving. It is, this, this is what it is. It's a recognition that all I have is because of Him. That, that's, it's just saying, God, thank you for letting me be a steward of this 90%. I will tell you that rarely have my wife and I uh, been in trouble. Now the Lord sometimes puts you in trouble because He wants to teach you and trust Him, but not because we tithe. Sometimes because we had too big a heart on missions or too big a heart on some other else that we probably should have prayed about a little bit more, but we've never suffered from tithe. Matter of fact, most people in my in my in my history in my learning and watching, most people who have learned how to tithe have suddenly been shocked, at, like their money seems to be stretching, and there's like still stuff in the fridge that normally is not there. And God just has a good way of doing that. So tithing is not giving because the tithe, it is the Lord's, it belongs to him, it always will, as Malachi responded, told us that not to tithe is robbing God. Robbing God. When you rob, is that, is that not giving somebody something? No, it's taking something that is theirs. Okay, so robbing God. Tithing is returning to the Lord that which is his. It is an act of obedience on our part. First Corinthians or Second Corinthians chapter five would teach us that it's also a matter of love. If you love the Lord and you are going to return that to Him out of love, out of worship, uh, for His abundance to us. So, Amen. Um, now, well, <clears throat> so if if you are a um, saved spouse a wife, and you're, I know that doesn't apply to everybody, but we'll just start here. If you're a saved wife, and your husband is telling you not to give, you come see me and we'll talk, okay? Now, the Bible's actually quite clear on that as well. Um, so we, there are things we need to do there. So, uh, but you, you come see me and, and we'll talk and try to help you out the best we can. Uh, but amen. Kind of hard to win your husband to the Lord when... He feels like you're stealing from him. But we'll, we'll talk about some of that. There's some Bible answers to that too. All right, next week we're going to be in faith promise. Faith promise, okay? And uh, we've, I've taught on this many times. So I'm, I, we shouldn't go, I could probably go about three, three Wednesdays on it. But I think we'll just do one Wednesday uh, just because uh, this church is a faith promise uh, giving church. Um, and that's, uh, but it's probably a good time. Uh, we, I did find out, for this last month, we did have to take a little bit out of, mission, out of general to go into missions. And I've got to look at why that is, but I, I don't know if, I don't track uh, what people give. I don't know, want to know what people give. Uh, the only thing I do is if they're going to be elected uh, some sort of a position, I want to know that they do give. <laughs> Not what they give, just that they do give. Um, so, but we did have to take a little bit out of general. And again, we're not hurting. Uh, we're not dying, but just kind of as a, I'll just throw that out there. 
so it could, be, it could be just sometimes it just hits weird where the money comes in, and when it has to go out, it's not exactly the same. Not everybody here gets paid every week. Some, some people just get paid once a month. Uh, but I'll, I'll, we'll watch that and keep you up to date on that. So, Amen. So that is tithing. Amen. Let's all stand.